I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to another YouTube podcast. The one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. We're here to crank one out real quick, if you don't mind. <laughs> crank one out. We both got places to be, yeah. bitches to see, mm-hmm. and lasagna to eat. Mm-mm. Tasty, tasty. Tasty. Um, what's today's main topic going to be before we get into the, the ritual? Well, well, Zachary, well, James, <laughs> Zachary Snyder, we got cool. a topic suggested to us by our loyal fan and watcher of all these podcasts, Patient. We let the long list of stuff, and on that list was the do's and don'ts of thumbnails. I figured, hey, we haven't done a graphic design episode yet, and uh, thumbnails are pretty important, so why not talk about that? That's pretty epic. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And easy to we do. Just, <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> we just changed our thumbnail game for the podcast, too. So that's kind of... A coincidence? Kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Did we plan this out? <laughs> we, we did. We don't plan anything. <laughs> We've established that. Let's be honest. This podcast is one of the least planned things in my life. True. Um, But we always try to provide value. <laughs> right. I, and it's always a fun time. I compare this podcast to uh, taking a shit in the sense that um, I don't plan them, but I do them frequently enough that it, it becomes a part of my life. So yeah. podcasts in that same matter, we do them, but they're but they're always unexpected. You know? <laughs> Did I tell you that I have an entire uh, stand up bit planned uh, revolving around taking shits and how much I hate doing them? <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> this sounds exciting. So it's an entire like stand-up routine, solely based around <laughs> along the lines of I hate taking shits. Um, so hopefully we'll see that surface somewhere in some way. It's pretty valid, honestly. It, it sometimes cannot it's awful. be a pleasant experience, especially if you're bloated. It's never, <laughs> or if you wake up with like a stomach ache. That's the worst. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely the worst. But I just hate the process of it. Yeah, I was watching a uh, super mega cast or whatever, and uh, yeah. This might be a little graphic, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> had, for it. Ryan had told a story where uh, he had to go to the bathroom so bad, he like ran back to the hotel lobby, basically, and uh, mm. got into the bathroom or whatever, and apparently him and Matt had been snapping each other the results <laughs> oh, no. a lot of the time. Oh, no. And so... They, they would be the kind of guys to do that shit, too. And so he has the phone set up, and he gets ready to take a picture, and he does his business, right? And the picture goes off. And then he looks at his phone and realizes, hey, nothing's in the bowl. That's that's interesting. <laughs> and then he looks oh, no. behind him, <laughs> and it's all over the top and the side <laughs> and the floor and everything. And it looked like a... How? <laughs> it looked like a disaster. <laughs> How do you let that happen? He he, he, wow. he he thought he was doing the right thing. And then he looked back uh, and was huh. like, no, that did not land on target. That's not okay. So... Uh, that reminds me of uh, my parents have a couple of cats, yeah. and I was over at their house the other day, and um, you know cats use a litter box. Sure. And this cat decided to like take a shit near the edge of the litter box, Mm-mm. so it did not make it inside the litter box. It made it right on the floor outside of it. And That's the worst. Shit. Yeah. Having two kids now, I'm having to deal with that like every other day. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. But enough talk yeah. about shit. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking about our week, right? Like, that's 
Well, let's just let's just jump into. Let's just jump right into it. <laughs> Your week on YouTube trademark. Yep. I think it's my I turn. Went last yeah. time, and the, I think the last two times before that. Maybe. Yeah. That sounds like something. It's your time. It's my time to shine, Dad and Daddy O, beer daddy. All right. Uh, eight in time. <laughs> eight in time, indeed. <laughs> my week on YouTube. Let's see. What have I done recently? Um, eight on anchor. It's still a thing. Mm-hmm. I finished the second week of that. Yeah. In fact, right before recording this podcast, I recorded another one of them, and uh, it's uploaded and scheduled and ready to go. And once a week, sc- right? Yeah, once a week, 30 minutes, cool. every Monday. I need, to, I need to listen to those still. It's already starting to get some like viewers back, too, and I haven't advertised That's it awesome. at all on Twitter, on YouTube, on Discord, anywhere. I haven't told anybody about it. I'm just like, I'm just going to do like a couple of them and then advertise it. Uh, this is my third week in a row of doing it, having a lot of fun. With that, um, I one of the uh, really great things about podcasts is that you don't really have to advertise them for them to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of like release episodes, and eventually they might get a following if they're good enough. Right. Um, and then also, like the analytics are all in the back. Like, and, and usually you have to use like a third party source. Luckily, Anchor has those analytics there. But back in the day, you couldn't even see those analytics for most most things right off the bat. But what's great is the viewers, like, they can't see it. So while a video on YouTube might be judged because it's got lower views, a podcast episode, like, nobody knows how many listens it's got. Right. So it's solely judged based off quality. Anchor has done a lot of the heavy lifting on that, too. Uh, yeah, just to make that all easier and such, which has made doing that podcast fun and worth it. So <laughs> definitely, that's been great. It's been random. Like I don't even plan anything with that. I just like turn on the mic, and <laughs> however long I can talk for, usually twenty five minutes or so, and then stop, <laughs> and then like that's so, and then move on from there. Uh, what else? Um, monthly battle league still isn't off the ground. I've been editing more of that stuff, but uh, it's not. 100% off the ground yet because I'm back in college and I had <laughs> my first two days, Thursday and Friday, I actually went back. So I had to get the dorm room set up again, same roommate and everything, uh, and went to all my classes and stuff. And so that was a little bit busy. This should be fine. I got like two writing classes, intro to media writing, broadcast media writing, uh, two history classes, the 60s, which should be fun. Women in European history, and then a elementary statistics math course because I need another math, and I didn't want to do calculus. So that one sucks <laughs> wholeheartedly. <laughs> it's not a great class, but that's obviously going to keep me busy for a little bit here. And then finally, last but certainly not least, yield back to the gosh dang darn video games. Uh, that should be the official title right there. It, it really should be. Um, episode two took. A, a lot of work. That might be the most hours I've put into something like that, or at least very close, or like in the top 10 of time really? spent. Because there was a day for B-roll. I had to record gameplay, because a lot of yours was unusable. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So I had Thanks. to record some. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't bad if it was like, if there wasn't any movement, but as soon as like fights started, it got real blurry real fast, so I had to record some of my own. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. Um... And then I had to spend the day recording the on-camera stuff, and then I spent a day doing the rough cut edit, and then another one uh, overlaying the gameplay on top of that. 
and then trying to get it down from like originally that video was like 40 minutes and I got it down to 27 so that was pretty Damn. good uh, I had a lot to talk about it was about Smash Ultimate and had a lot of fun discussing it it's a big it. game it's a very big game there's a lot about it that I wanted to talk about and I did it um, uploaded it on Friday with a thumbnail that I hated and then later fixed that <laughs> thumbnail so it's a lot better if you go watch the video now uh, but yeah crazy amount of work crazy amount of stuff put into it I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with it but I've gotten into a bad habit recently of just starting to nitpick all my own shit and I don't know why maybe it's just because the production value is finally getting better and I'm getting into more yeah. uncharted territory and I'm starting to nitpick more but for whatever reason I am not letting myself enjoy this as much as I want to and that's kind of a problem <laughs> um I'll talk about it more on my section but I am just now starting to like fully enjoy making every episode of your everyday nerd so I completely get what you're saying that makes me feel good but also worried because you're like 37 episodes in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're just now enjoying it that's fair <laughs> so no, I, I've enjoyed it for the most part but there's just been like I, I'll explain it in my section okay Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. But overall, the video was pretty good. I watched it back and was like, yeah, this isn't as bad as I think it is, honestly. It just took a rewatch or two. Um, I helped Kyle with a couple of thumbnail stuff. Uh, there's now a For Fun and Profit thumbnail, an update thumbnail, um, and then some for some of his series. There's a Oracle of Seasons one that I worked on and a couple of other things. Uh, the Paper Mario one now doesn't have numbers, so you can add to that, so... Been helping him out with thumbnails, nice. and then later today, I got to record Let's Play stuff with Parker for Lions Honor Gaming. Not sure what we're going to do there, because I don't have Stardew <laughs> Valley yet. And uh, recording with Donovan, good old Caffeine Dragon, Castlevania 3 Cocom. I don't know anything about that game, hardly, and I've never commentated with him before. So, both of those will be new experiences, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. And on top of all of that, I got my mom's birthday party that we got to go to in about an hour or so, uh, two hours from now. So nice. that's why day. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically with college being a thing, I have to do all my recording on the weekend. And so everything is kind of scheduled for these two days, which is good because I don't want to do it in the middle of classes and such. And I'd rather spend that time editing and figuring out fine details. Right. But, uh, yeah, back to the video games is good. I, I finally learned about manual focus. <laughs> I've been using autofocus on that camera <laughs> for so long and I'm like, what is this little ring on the front? Oh, that's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it works a lot better, needless to say. I get it now. <laughs> the autofocus does. Uh, but I don't know. What did you think of it, I guess? What did you think of the Smash video? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think that... I think that I almost like this one a little bit more than the first one. I do, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm in that Because... Boat. Like, it's so much clearer the amount of passion you had for Ultimate than, you know, like Mario and Zelda 1. Sure. And that didn't mean that, didn't mean that the first episode was bad by any means because I was really interested in hearing your thoughts about those games as well. But it was just it was just cool to, like, hear all your thoughts about the game and I, I liked the different segments. I liked the way you did the B-roll and, like, it was a very well-put-together video. Sure. A little less comedy stuff in there than the first one. But the jokes Which that were there are some of my favorites. Was fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. The pacing was really well done because, like, the first episode of the show that you had, there was a lot of comedy, which I really enjoyed, but it almost felt like they were happening a little bit too quick. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, like, there wasn't that much, but it was it was in the right place. Sure. 
You want to know the reason for that? I like that. <laughs> because you didn't have enough time to record more comedy bits. The day I had to yeah. leave, I'm like, Ethan, we got to record something here. He's like, okay, let's just do all this stuff. There was actually one that got cut. We originally recorded like four or five, but only three okay. made it in. Uh, yeah. The happens. same for the Mario and Zelda episode. I actually cut a segment out of that. Uh, so there's always one that manages to get on the chopping block, but the uh, the Jigglypuff one <laughs> and Big Boy <laughs> are two. Was really good. I love both of those. <laughs> the Jigglypuff one made me laugh out loud. Like, <laughs> I just kind of lost my shit for a second. <laughs> um, let me ask you this: Are you keeping the footage for the the cut ones? Uh, I still have the Smash one. I have all okay. the footage for Smash still. Um, I think some of the Mario stuff I had to clear off because I needed more room on the SD card. So for the segments that you're cutting out, I would either A, post that on Twitter or B, like make that part of like Patreon exclusive content or some shit. That could be. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it before. I know another thing that I'm going to have to do eventually with that show is figure out how to get the perspective right because it's still cutting off my head a little bit and that's fine because it's a little <laughs> I had that issue for the first like 10 videos right I get that yeah. the, the problem though is that I have a green screen set up right and so on paper it should be very easy for me to get thumbnails because you can pause at any frame cut out the green thumbnail right. but because my head's getting cut off unless I'm in like the very top of the thumbnail it doesn't look good so for episode 1 and 2 I've had to find the most awkward ways of taking a photo with my phone, using the timer and putting it in weird positions, and then slowly but surely cropping it out in GIMP, adding the outline, and then putting it on the thumbnail. So that that's just been uh, absurd. Uh, (laughs) The thumbnails and back to the video games, I'm I'm not still happy with yet, but it's just because I'm new to that putting live action elements in there. Uh, but we'll talk about that stuff when we right. get to thumbnails. That that was pretty much my week, though, uh, as a whole. That's right. We're talking about thumbnails today. Yeah, I'll save it. I'll save it for Perfect. that. Perfect. How, how was your week? How was your week? My week was interesting because I started Monday and Tuesday with no new episodes because I was, like, putting out the stuff that should have gone out last week. Um, but I feel like I'm finally on the right track with the show. I think I'm going to be able to make it through next week. All right. Like actually get episodes out on a timely manner. Like I, you know, said I was going to, um, but I kind of found a routine, a better routine with these episodes because doing the, the like rough edits on a separate day than the actual like edit for these episodes has made me enjoy the process of making the episodes better. I love that. In episode two, I did that of doing the rough cut, then the extra bonus shit later after the fact. Right. So because I I hate doing rough edits, I absolutely hate it. Me it's time not consuming. fun. It's time consuming. You just have to like listen to yourself talk about random shit, and you know, it's it's just annoying, and I don't like it. So it was. It was nice this week because I had already had Wednesdays and Thursdays rough edits done before the week even started since they were supposed to technically go out last week. Um, So I ended up getting those videos done the night before they needed to go out. And then Fridays and Saturdays rough edits I did like on Thursday and then just got up early Friday and Saturday mornings and like did the editings for those. And I've been... 
for this entire week, I spent like two hours per video, like doing the full edit. And that's a lot more than I've really been spending on these episodes. But I felt like I felt better about the episodes after they were finished because I spent more time into it and I was actually enjoying spending more time into it. Sure. I've noticed Um, too, especially with this week, I don't know why it sort of dawned on me and not like the week before or whatever. Uh, I've noticed the links of them are are also getting a good bit shorter as well. They are. Sure. Like the Mega Man one, especially by the time the video was over, I'm like, oh, it's over already. Cool. That one ended up being, I think that's the shortest episode so far. Right. Um, it is because I only talked about one game. It was an NES game. Um, I didn't have to talk about the entire Mega Man franchise since I already had a couple videos about it. Mm-hmm. So it, it ended up being a lot less than I had to say about it. Sure. But that wasn't a bad thing. It's not the shortest episode, by the way. There's one more that beats it. The, oh, uh, is there? The Elseworld uh, video. Oh, yeah is 824 compared to Mega Man's 847. Got you. So barely. Okay. But, uh... That's, again, another shorter one, yeah. The Flash one, too, for 11 minutes, it felt like it went by, like, relatively quickly, uh, just because of the way you had it structured and set up, where it was like, wow, I didn't even notice time went by, <laughs> you know? Um, that's good. And that's, 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 that's a very good idea. thing, especially for, like, yeah. compared to the Favorite Things of 2018 episode, which was, like, one of your longest, where I enjoyed it the whole time. Um... But I did start to notice the length getting a little bit ahead of you there. I can see that, yeah. Sure. Um, I'm trying to work on pacing. I'm trying to work on writing. Um, I want these to be more entertaining. And one of the things I'm going to be working on for like this upcoming week and, and the future is I'm going to start talking about some things that not a whole lot of people know about. Like Thursday for next week is going to be about a Japanese film that came out in 1943. Hey. So that's going to be like, I I looked up reviews on this movie and there's like five and like one of them's good. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have to like give context about more things coming up in the future. Um, And so I'm, I'm like working on making sure that I have just enough context about everything so that people can just come into the episode not have to know about the topic at all because that's one of the goals of the show. Um, but also, like, not get bogged down by that information because when you do, like, a review show, a lot of times you can get you can end up giving too much information about the thing and people will just get bored. Sure. That was a tough balance for me in the Smash video of, like, am I doing enough explaining here? Am I not doing enough? Have I gone overboard? Is there still a good mix of humor and, like, personal opinion? And the way I judge that is, like, if I say anything or describe anything, I want to be sure that I at least have uh, some opinion on it. So, like, if I talk about Smashdown for, like, a minute or two and explain the mode, there better be an opinion afterward of how I felt about it. Otherwise, the explanation is pointless, right? Don't bring up stuff you're not going to talk about. (laughs) Right. Otherwise, it's just, like, you're reading a wiki page, and that's boring, and nobody cares. Sure. Um... So that that is definitely a challenge of the show, especially when I'm talking about so many different things. I think I described the show early on as like, it's my clever way of having a variety channel, right? But still being niche. Um, so there's still its challenges, but 
uh, like I said, by doing the rough edit on a separate day, it allows me to go into the episode with a fresh mindset, not be completely tired and bored of the episode yet because I'm just had to listen to myself talk about this shit for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'm able to like get more clever with the edits and do more, do more interesting things, add in some extra funny bits that weren't originally planned, and so that's been fun this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've shown a lot, a lot of these recent episodes have been have been good on the shorter side, but sweet. I like that. So, yeah, I I want them to be on the shorter side too because I feel like having a twenty minute, thirty minute video every single day is is too much, and it. It's too much because I'm not able to stay entertaining for 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> like, like I probably could if I really put in a whole lot of effort. The fact of the matter is, is that most people's not going to care for 30 minutes. Exactly. That's, that's where you look at the audience retention and you see, oh, I, I learned this early on with my recap series that these were like 20 minute, 25 minute, 30 minute videos that we're not doing well in the audience retention because I talk too much about shit. Mm-hmm. So I want to keep them on the shorter side if possible. Um, with, with few exceptions, of course. Right. Longer episodes, obviously and special episodes, uh, can go for, you know, however long really, but uh, yeah, you know, you don't want to be, you still haven't hit the point yet in your everyday nerd where there's like been a 30 minute episode yet. So that's the number I yeah. always look at. If like, if I hit 30, I'm cutting some shit out, <laughs> right? Or I'll re-record. <laughs> right. My uh, favorite things of 2018 video was originally going to be like 35 minutes, and I was like, no, we can't have that. Yeah. Um, I cut it out a lot of stuff in that one, and then I know that the Oscars video is going to be coming out in the next month, and that's going to be at least that's going to be me talking about nine movies. So I'm gonna try not to go. I'm going to try to keep that one still around 20-something minutes, mm-hmm. if possible. Stuff out. Depends so. on how much I have to say about stuff. But. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much been my week. Um, still doing client work and shit. I'm working on that. Uh, I got to record that application video for uh, the Adobe Creative Residency this week when I record like this upcoming week's episodes. Um, hopefully, I can get that done this week as well. Hype. Yeah. Uh, it's been a relatively, like, good week in the creative. I I, I'm starting to feel... I'm starting to get a little bit more motivation back because I've been lacking that lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been nice. Good shit. Yes, sir. Um, are we ready to go into the main topic? Topic time. Ah. <laughs> uh, that PewDiePie riff. <laughs> I've been using it for everything. Like, every other sentence. You have. I've been shoving it's it great. And it's wonderful. PewDiePie stuff, man. Uh, I'm telling you. If you haven't watched Zach's Your Everyday Nerd about good. it, you should. Yeah, I did an entire video on how to start watching PewDiePie in 2019. And, um, it's basically a tutorial. <laughs> there you go. On, uh, where to start watching PewDiePie and his content. And I'm hoping it's going to get a lot more views because of that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, but anyways, uh, do's and don'ts of thumbnails. Yep. So, 
before the title, before the description, before they even know anything about you, right? Before they're even noticing your channel, the one thing they're saying when the little recommended videos section pops by or uh, you're scrolling on Twitter and you see this post is that ye old thumbnail and the difference between a good thumbnail and a bad thumbnail uh, could cost you a view or maybe even a subscriber, right? Uh, oh, de- definitely. Depending on how good it is. But it's also one of those things, too, where, you know, unlike, let's say, a sub for sub, where it's pretty black and white, don't do it, right? Right. Thumbnails sort of exist in this gray area where a quote-unquote good thumbnail can can take the form of so many different things because it's an art and not a science. And so I'm interested Definitely. to see how you and me, like, break it down to, like, its key defining traits (laughs) yeah it's an interesting one because i really haven't thought too much about this topic before we did the episode Mm. but it's like thumbnails are so important so it's like i've thought about thumbnails for a very long time Mm. they're hugely Um, important they really are they really are i guess what's interesting to me is when you look on youtube whether it's on your phone or on desktop or the TV or anything like that. Like, like you said, like the thumbnail is the first thing you see. The title's there too, but the thumbnail is the thing that captures your eye. That's the thing that's going to make you click on the video or not. Unless that title is like super fucking interesting. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's why it's so important to like, Make sure that thumbnail, you know, make sure it's good. Um, go ahead. I guess to start, um, as far as like software and stuff is concerned, uh, me and Zach are a bit different in the fact that I make all my thumbnails on GIMP, uh, which is a free right. program, image editing, image manipulation type stuff. You can import, you can mess around with things, you can export it in different sizes, make GIFs, PNGs. All that sort of stuff. Zach, on the other hand, is a bit different. What do you use? I use Photoshop for literally everything. Um, <laughs> and it's it's both a gift and, uh, and a curse. In the form of that Adobe subscription. <laughs> it, 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 that and that's like I can't get away from it. Like at this point, I'm so ingrained in that ecosystem that like not having it would be the death of me. <laughs> You're in that walled garden. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's almost being privileged in a way. Um, but but the, the privilege is, oh, I'm eating one less meal this month because I'm spending that money on, on Adobe. Sure. Makes sense. I've tried using other image editing things and I'm so used to the way that, that GIMP does it that it's hard for me right. to change. Or it's even switch hard. over. Um yeah, it's it's the reason like why certain people are in the Apple ecosystem and have an iPhone and are not able to switch over to Android to save their life. Right, because you're so used to all the specific features that are custom to that, and you have so many project mm-hmm. uh, products that all interact with each other. It's hard to get away from that. Uh, but what's the in- what's the number one thing that you like about GIMP? Oh, about GIMP. Uh, yeah. Aside from the fact it's free, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to say that answer because that's um, that's common. Uh, I don't. 
I don't know. Like, speeds are fast. I get what I need rather quickly, and I'm still learning stuff about it, too, for sure. So I haven't hit that point yet where I'm like, this is all I can do in GIMP, and uh, nothing else is available. Typically, if I see something that you do or another YouTuber does, I'm like, I wonder how I can do that. GIMP has a way around that, basically. Um, right. So the way you solve problems in GIMP may be a bit different from, like, Photoshop or Movie Maker or something similar. Uh but there's a way to get around it, if, if a bit weird and <laughs> obtuse sometimes. But for the most part, UI is simple. It's pretty basic. Um, not a lot of crazy flashy stuff. Um, some of the distorts are nice. I can like make things mosaic with a click of a button, which is cool. Um, or like bend things or anything like that. But for the most part, I, if I had to give like a key strength, it's its simplicity and the fact that it's free, mainly. There's not a whole lot of extra fluff here. For sure. Yeah, it... What I've seen of GIMP, and I haven't used it much, but what I've seen of GIMP is that, like, the fact that it's free but still very, like, serviceable mm-hmm. is is really great. And I think it's open source, too. Maybe. So, there's, like, it's constantly being updated, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, a lot of support behind the program. Definitely. Um, the thing that I like about Photoshop the best is that like I can use it with other Adobe products. So if I'm working in a video, which is, you know, the main thing that we do, if I'm working in a video on an Adobe premiere and I need to like put an image in that video and I just like drop it in there, but I need to edit that image somehow I can just right click on the image in the video timeline and say, edit in Photoshop and it'll automatically bring up Photoshop. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And it's, (laughs) It's amazing. <laughs> it doesn't get more convenient than that. Yeah. Saves time. It gives me more creative features. Um, but also, like you said, like I'm still learning about Photoshop. There's like probably hundreds of things I don't know how to do in Photoshop that I'm still learning about. So right. it's great. But like you can also do like simple stuff in there without needing to know a lot about it, which is, which is really nice. Right. It still has that functionality of, uh, exactly. Basic and simple edits, but GIMP and uh, Photoshop aren't the only ones out there. Obviously there's other ways of going around. I think Ethan uses some weird ass, like anime one. I don't know. <laughs> there's like, there's like manga <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. or whatever. Yeah. There's a, Denku uses MS paint. So if you, <laughs> If you're into the meme shit, you can do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> uh, there's an option for everybody. Uh, free stuff, paid stuff. If you know where to look, you can get a lot of cool things out there. I recommend GIMP because that's that's what I know. And there's a lot of tutorials online to help right. learn new things. Um, but Photoshop is good if you have the money for it. And you have Adobe stuff and other options are out there too. Basically, we're, we're not going to get terribly into the, the software and the nitty gritty type of shit. Because like... For the most part, a lot of these programs do the same thing, <laughs> you know? Right, for sure. Which means there aren't going to be that many differences, like, worth discussing to pick one over the other. The important thing is you pick one and you go with it, right? And you stick with it and learn it the whole way through. Um, exactly. That's more of what matters here. But I figured uh, we could at least briefly mention it, so that's what we did. These these programs are tools. Um, at the end of the day, like, you could learn how to do everything on there, but if you don't, like, pay attention to the same concepts that good thumbnails have if you don't pay attention to the aesthetic and the art side of these things then you're going to have a much more difficult time making good thumbnails 
Agreed. Yeah. You have to have those th- fundamentals down more than anything. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've found like interesting about thumbnails and just like graphic art in general, cause that's really what it is, is that you, you have to be able to have kind of an eye for it. And if you don't have an eye for it, you have to develop it. Right. Um, and, and it's the same thing with video, but for me, it's constantly like, look, like you said, looking at what other people are doing, seeing how you can replicate that, then eventually making it your own. Mm-hmm. There are two different skill sets. Like, I learned video way earlier than I did, you know, software, uh, image manipulation type stuff. Um, And so what I get from that is, like, I'm a little bit more advanced on the video side of things than I am the image things. And sure, there are some crossover type stuff that can happen between the two. But for the most part, they're, they're kind of two different skills. And so... Uh, my image creation skills are, are leveling up slowly alongside my video ones. Uh, they're definitely not as advanced as the video stuff <laughs> for me yet. Right. And I'm, I'm still working I, on I completely get that. Um, I'm a ride around the same thing. I feel like I'm much more advanced in Premiere than I am Photoshop. And it's just because I haven't made as many images in Photoshop as I have videos. Because in like the early days of my YouTube career... Good old automated <laughs> YouTube thumbnails were a thing. Yep. What a dark and, uh, time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did not have we did not have the ability to make custom thumbnails until you were a partner. So I'm glad they didn't keep that as a thing. Yeah. Amen to uh, that. <laughs> man. That's awful. But anyways, <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and get right into the ye old nitty gritty, like details uh, of stuff. Um, do you do you use the uh, twelve eighty by seven twenty or do you do nineteen twenty by ten eighty? Because I've heard I've heard two camps of this. I know PewDiePie for a fact does nineteen twenty by ten eighty, and then like YouTube right. scales it down. I think um, I'm more used to twelve eighty by seven twenty because that's what YouTube directly tells me. So I'm like, oh, I'll go ahead and do that. But I've heard people like work at oddball specs and then try to scale it down or up depending on where they're at so that YouTube can take it. But I'm interested to see yeah. what your perspective is on that. I I think mine is actually, um, let me look at it right quick because I, I think I actually use the, like the 4K version of resolution. Oh, okay. For it now. Because my videos, because I record in 4K, and what is it like th- 3,840 by 2160? Such a weird, weird number. Spread. I never remember yeah. it, but um, I think that's what I use for thumbnails because since I record in 4K, even if I don't export it in 4K, any images I put in there have to be like that size or it'll just be a little blurry. And there are certain images that I use like over video clips and stuff that are the size of the screen. Right. Um, so I just ended up like transporting that for my thumbnails as well. Interesting. And yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think you have to be careful with that because you know what? I might use 1920. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning. Now that now I'm, now I'm thinking about it, I might be 1920 because I think if I like export a PNG that's at 4K quality, it's too big of a file. Right. 
Because that's the thing yeah. you got to keep in mind is like, in the same way you upload a video, you got to upload a thumbnail, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, YouTube doesn't degrade the quality of the photo as much as it sometimes does the video. Um, but there is that process going on there. And so a lot of things can, can end up going wrong. <laughs> Sometimes. Ultimately, it literally doesn't matter as long as it's like that, like it's a rectangle that fits the the common thumbnail space. So if it's like nineteen twenty by twelve eighty or twelve eighty by seven twenty, like that's fine. It doesn't matter which one. Right. And if YouTube doesn't accept it, it'll tell you. <laughs> it'll be like, hey, you need to put it in this size, and you'll figure it right. out, and you'll put it in that size. Really, the only reason I bring it up is just because I, I hear people in two camps, but it. From what it sounds like, from how you described it, it's just mainly based off of workflow more than anything. Of like you're used to doing yeah. it that way and you record things that way. So therefore your thumbnails are that way. I will exactly. S- I will say that I think there is a certain appeal to doing them bigger than twelve eighty by seven twenty and like giving yourself a bigger rectangle. Because a lot yeah. of the time thumbnails are showing up on small devices like phones or laptops or really small TVs or whatever. And so you have to be able to glance at an even tinier rectangle. And if certain elements don't pop out, well then like bad thumbnail and they're moving on. And I find the benefit in working in larger spaces like that is that you, for me, psychologically, if there's more space, I tend to use more of it for some reason. Mm. So if I'm working in like 1920 by 1080, I typically fill up more of the space than I would on 1280 by 720, which is weird. That might be a me thing, uh, but I found that that helps <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, that's interesting because no matter what size I'm working in, I still have the, like, I still have, like, the full screen view of it, so it, like, it looks the same to me. It sure. just exports at a different size. But um, that goes into a really good point that you need to be, like, zooming in and zooming out of your thumbnails yeah. When you're working on them, because if they don't look good when they're small, then it doesn't matter how great they look when they're big. Exactly. You got to work from small and then and then up, basically. And it helps if you right. have a bunch of different devices to view that sort of stuff. If you have a phone, a TV, a laptop, and you can like physically look at them or whatever. Um, but you can save yourself Definitely. a lot of trouble by just making sure before you even upload it and before you, you know check it on your phone or whatever, that you get it right in software and just make sure, hey, (laughs) the text is readable, (laughs) uh, the images are clear and concise, nothing's blurry, all that sort of stuff. Um, Exactly. can save you in the long run. Now, I have a a template that I use for my thumbnails. We'll we'll get into that. But basically, um, I, I just zoom out to, I think it's like 25% or some shit. And the, the thumbnail in the Photoshop is literally the size of a thumbnail in in the YouTube mobile uh, thing. So I can look at it, make sure everything's clear, everything's simple enough to where it like catches my eye. And then I can go from there, adjust anything if I need to. All right. I can never quite fully zoom in in GIMP. But I think that's more to do with my weird monitor size than GIMP itself. But that does mean I, I get a very like zoomed out perspective too kind of a similar principle that you have that's good so that makes sense um one of the things that i see a lot of like younger channels do with their thumbnails people that have never just like worked with thumbnails is that usually there's too much detail yeah 
because if you can't see everything there, like it doesn't matter what's on there. I'm looking at some thumbnails on my home screen right now. And like, uh, even one of like game grumps thumbnails for like best of December, 2018. Yeah. I've seen that one. There's some stuff on there in the background. Like I just, I can't tell what it is. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't even like, there's no reason for it to even be on there because I can't tell what it is. I'm going to hit you with a, uh, a term that I learned in, in college, in a college art class. Um, but everybody should know what I'm talking about. It's basically uh, thumbnails, paintings, uh, photos, good ones anyway, typically have what's called a line of action in which yes. when your eye immediately sees an image, the path that it follows, basically, that's what the line of action is. And so mm-hmm. in really cluttered, really detailed thumbnails like Zach brought up, the line of action's all over the fucking place because you're looking at like every single angle and your eye has a really hard time like visually looking at it. And so in your brain, you're like, "Mm, this isn't really all that satisfying or that good to look at, basically. Um, It's different if you're like solving one of those visual eye puzzles, right? It's a YouTube thumbnail. It's not supposed to be (laughs) this complicated like eye trick (laughs) or whatever. It's supposed to be nice, clear, and readable. And so looking at Zach's thumbnails right now there's there's a very clear line of action in almost all of them um left to right not all of them but most of them most of them, <laughs> most of them. Yeah. left to right right to left <laughs> you know a diagonal line um up and down Where, wherever you do it right it, it has to the line of action has to be consistent and precise so your eye isn't doing like some weird zigzaggy shit it's not having to look in like an s or a z it's very simple this is what the video is about. I can clearly look at this thumbnail and read it, like, visually. It's very readable. And so I can uh, click on the video and go from there and kind of get an idea of what it's about. And very cluttered um, images all over the place, things that don't make sense <laughs> on thumbnails can be really distracting. And so as a result, right. they don't feel as good or as nice. And, it, I mean, it can suck because there's been some, like, really nice thumbnails that I've made before. But when you zoom out, like, you can't fucking tell what it is. Mm. And, like, that kind of sucks. But at the end of the day, like, your thumbnails aren't there to be a piece of art. They're there to get people to click on the video. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, paintings paintings have line of action, too. But, like, we're mm -hmm. not talking about surrealist work (laughs) by Dolly, right? (laughs) It's a very (laughs) clear, cut, and concise (laughs) thumbnail. Exactly. Like Aiden said, thumbnails are the very first thing that you see. And it's one of the best metrics, um, one of the most important metrics that are in the, like, the YouTube analytics side of things. Because like YouTube will show your video to more people if it gets more clicks. Mm-hmm. And the way it gets more clicks is by being a good thumbnail. 100%. So, let me ask you this question. Okay. Hit me with it. What is the first, like, where did you, like, start learning how to make thumbnails? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Okay, so. I think this could be helpful, too. Um, I didn't start making thumbnails until, I believe, Blue Catch Productions was a thing. Because if I remember correctly, the Sploder Show didn't really have 
Any? I, I'm looking at it right now. I don't remember. <laughs> nice. No, it doesn't. So it literally just uses screenshots, basically. Right. All my older videos were screenshots um, or little bits from the video, which is how YouTube was back in the day, and you literally didn't have an option to, to add it thumbnail. Whatever. So right. I started picking up GIMP right around the time I started Blue Couch Productions. So I'm about two or so years into this and figuring out what to do. And you can see that the style of it has sort of uh, evolved <laughs> a good bit, needless to say. Um, in the right. beginning days, the way my thumbnails worked for, for those at home, and obviously you can't see them, so I'm going to have to try and audibly describe them. But they basically involve two, like, triangles in the corners, in, in uh, the upper left and bottom right, and they were different colors based on what series it was. So if it was Blue Catch Plays, the triangles would be orange. If it were streams, it would be green. Um, if it was Midnight Vlogs, it'd be light blue. And if it was my main series, it would be dark blue. They literally were just like colored triangles. There wasn't any detail in them at all. <laughs> there wasn't anything like that. As far as text was concerned, I didn't even use GIMP for that. I used a, what's called Cool Text. <laughs> nice. If you've ever tried that out, it's literally pick one of these goofy <laughs> fonts. Uh, type out what you want, download that image, and then put it into your thumbnail editor of choice. Um, so early videos have cool text font <laughs> for for a very dumb reason. Um, the numbers did, the text did, and then uh, about the only thing after that was I would put in a background, maybe the game logo, a couple images, and, and that was it for a long time. It wasn't until around year two or so where they started to evolve and eventually became what I like to call the classic Blue Couch Productions thumbnails of like the, uh, what would you describe it as? With the thing on the top, basically? The like Hawaiian thing? Yeah, like the Hawaiian aesthetic and the triangles being gone all together and now just kind of displays in a banner kind of like you would see at a shop or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it's very simple. Yeah. But it works for what you were trying to, like, convey. I got the idea off of the uh, Game Grumps at the end of every video. They used to have, like, this little subscribe banner. Right. And so I literally took mm -hmm. a screenshot of that, put the triangles in there, and then put, like, a Hawaiian thing in text to call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. then I started adding text. I started adding numbers. I learned more about backgrounds and transparent images, uh, drop shadow, all these unique things. Up until we're at now with back to the video games that includes like live action stuff uh, with me in there and having to deal with outlines and stuff like that. Needless to say, it's been a, a long journey <laughs> and I'm still learning stuff about it. Even today, I figured out how to outline text and get not too long ago without drop shadow. So that was that was a really yeah. cool thing. But that's sort of like an, a, a brief overview of my thumbnails through the years. Okay. I mean, honestly, you're like early thumbnails are still better than my early thumbnails. <laughs> yeah, you go way back. Because, <laughs> because if you go like back to before I updated some of my old gaming channel thumbnails, I used I used Microsoft Paint. Yeah. And <laughs> I that, that was how my thumbnails were made. <laughs> and they were just like they weren't even like twelve eighty by seven twenty. Most of the time they they were like nine hundred by six hundred. Like some like random bullshit <laughs> just because I would take a picture of like the name of a game, mm -hmm. put it in MS paint, 
fucking put a number over it and call it a day. Like that was my, they, they're awful. Yeah. They're so bad. Luckily I was able to get past that and learn how to make decent thumbnails. Um, but the thing that I've continued to see to be the best way to make thumbnails. And this isn't just for like my thumbnails, but things that I do for clients and stuff is like simplicity is key. Very much so. <laughs> the the most, like one of the clients that I have is a, um, has a mental health channel and his style of thumbnails are very super simple. I don't do all of them for him, but like his style is, he, he talk, usually talks about another YouTuber. He has that in the background and then he has his face on it. That's it. Yep. And usually like that, and it works for him. I mean, he's got over 80,000 subscribers now. Um, so the, the more simple you can get, the better. Mm-hmm. You still want to be able to stand out. So like having different elements that stand out is good. But um, even now, like some of my thumbnails, I try to do too much sometimes. And I have to like reel it back and be like, all right. Let's calm down. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ones with more simple stuff usually gets better click through rate too. That more people click through, click on it. That's true. Yeah. As far as like a first tip, if you like want to write some of these tips down for like good thumbnail design, uh, number one and number two, like straight up, most important, clean and simple, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say that complicated thumbnails can't do well, but typically what you'll find, even with the thumbnails that have like a lot going on, quote unquote. Um, even those are in some way have order to the madness, if you know what I'm saying. Like, there's right. a lot on screen, but the way it's all put together visually, like, makes sense and it is clean, right? So, even in the more complicated thumbnails, clean and simple still wins the day. And I think that's absolutely that's a good thing, not only for viewers, but for content creators like us who maybe don't know graphic design and are trying to get into this. Right, it's a lot easier to make a simple thumbnail than it is an overcomplicated one. So not only are you helping viewers out that way, but you're left with a, an achievable goal. Right, you're left with something that anybody can do. Thankfully, there's not like a walled garden where you have to be a masterpiece at thumbnail art in order to do well on YouTube. You don't. You just have to include a few simple design elements to pull your viewers in, and uh, that'll win the day nine times out of ten. <laughs> Absolutely. So both of those tips, I think, are, are really important. Most definitely, completely agree. Um, look at look at your favorite content creators, especially like the big successful ones. See what they're doing. Literally copy like their format, and it'll still be different and unique because it's your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll it'll help make things like the uh, our our gaming channel. Those thumbnails are ripped straight like from Game Grumps. But they're original to us, so they work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that style, like I've seen Markiplier do it. I've seen like the big Let's Players do it. Um, a lot of people copy each other for this kind of stuff. But it's it's the simplicity that really helps it. And you can kind of check yourself too, at least if you're in like GIMP and Photoshop, to look at your <laughs> layers. And if you're reaching a point where you have like 40 or 50 in any given thumbnail, you probably should should look at this and be like, this probably isn't going to help. Less is more, 
and if you have fewer images and you're able to get more out of it with those fewer images, that's the better route 100% of the time, um, which is good. Now, sure, you could have, like, uh, a bunch of layers, but they're, like, small things or they contribute to the background, but just, like, getting 50 random PNGs and throwing it on there is not going to, like, do the day. <laughs> you, you need to be aware of how many layers you have at any given time, and if it starts getting over, like, a boiling point, that's a good way to check yourself and be like, oh, I have way too much stuff going on. Um, most of my quote-unquote, like, professionally done videos, like the ones on Blue Couch Productions, you know what they are? Wood background, uh, blue header, text, and, like, one or two images, and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and those are the yeah. videos that have the most work put into them. Those are the, the thumbnails that are probably uh, the most simple, yet those are the ones that do the best, nine times out of ten. Uh, top ten Smash Brothers characters I recently redid. Wood background, header, text, picture of Bowser, picture of Zack. Done. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> channel update. 200 subs, Facebook, and new shows. Wood background, header, channel update, picture of Facebook. Done. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites, the Smash Wii U analysis. Wood background, header, text, Smash Brothers for Wii U logo. And it looks so clean and nice. <laughs> because there's not like 30 things in there. Uh, an even simpler one. Every Denku Franku video ever. Header, Comic Sans text this time, and a picture of <laughs> Sonic Boom Sonic with the B-movie face. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that whole image is just one thing, so I don't have to add anything else to that, right? Really, really right. simple stuff can go a long way into uh, getting your viewers enticed and wanting to click on stuff like that. Definitely. 100%. When you look at the trending page, which is a joke, like, let's be honest, <laughs> the trending page is a joke. But when you look at the trending page, all the thumbnails have something in common. There's not a lot going on. Right. Um, but the other big thing that's in common with most good thumbnails is that it has somebody's face in it. Yep. And unfortunately for a lot of people, this is going to be like, well, I don't want to put my face in the thumbnail. It's like, all right. But the most successful videos usually, not always, but usually have somebody's face in it. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is just because I've heard it said somewhere that if you have a face in the thumbnail, um, it's a bit more personable that way. Yep. Absolutely. Because, like, let's take an example of, like, let's play Super Mario World Part 12 or whatever. Gameplay, uh, you know, maybe a wacky image here or there, game logo, not much of anything. Right, and so if you're the average person stumbling or stumbling along, and you know nothing about me or nothing about what I do, you see the thumbnail and you're like, I don't know what to expect. To be honest, I know he's gonna play Mario World. I know there's a part in here. I don't know what you're like. I don't know what your personality is. I don't know who you are. The minute you you start to throw in a little bit of you in there, immediately it's like, oh, I can kind of get the idea of what this person is like, right? And uh, this can be in a variety of ways. In the typical worst way of doing it is the Jake Paul, Logan Paul face, shocked face, <laughs> put on a thumbnail <laughs> with a stupid background, right? It, right? Or the way I like to do it, um, I'm very, I like to make fun of myself. <laughs> and I have some very weird features as far as like a creepy stash, a big chin, not the best <laughs> teeth, right? Like visual problems, if you will. Exaggerate the hell out of that for the video thumbnail. Right? I can make fun of myself. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Put down the thumbnail. You're good to go. Um, or for more simpler ones, like with just me and my dad. 
just me and my dad sitting there on the final episode of Questions on the Couch, and it looks clean. Uh, that face in there adds a real personal element in there that it feels like it's not cold and hollow. Agreed. Yeah, it, it's... Even, like, yourmoviesucks.org, you know, it's a it's YouTube channel based off of movies. And, like, his last six videos have been about movies, but they, they're very simple. They just feature, like, a main character as the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a close-up shot on, on the thumbnails. And they look good. Like, they're really good thumbnails because they're that simple. And they, of like, his Aquaman remo- review is just Aquaman. It's like, okay, I know exactly what I'm getting. Right. It works. Yeah. He doesn't have his face in it. But we're not expecting to have his face in the video because he's not talking in front of a camera. He's talking behind a mic. Right. And I think that's part of the reason why we see so many Let's Play channels have a quote-unquote avatar associated with them, Mm -hmm. is it's that same principle. We're not getting physical Aaron and Dan, but we're getting cartoon Aaron and Dan that do a good enough job, right? We're not getting, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Gerard and Alex in every thumbnail, but we're getting a cartoon one that's also happened to be based off the game. Um, same for Oni Plays, same for Playframe, um, same for a lot of channels. And that works too. Making a cartoon version of yourself and slapping down an avatar, you know, has that personal connection. And hey, YouTube's full of kids anyway. Might as well go all in on that. Uh, That's true. It can appeal to that younger audience as well. So there's two benefits to that. I don't do it because I'm not that good. (laughs) And, uh, you know... I imagine trying to make an avatar oh, for me. Is we do it for the, uh, we do it for the let's play channel. Yeah. Lion's honor for sure. So, and I'm still picky about that works. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to look at it. I like to look at thumbnails almost like movie posters. Yeah. That's a really good thing that I'd need to study more actually is like movie posters. Um, look at the big blockbusters and look at what they're using on the thumbnail or on the, Exactly. Uh, and look at what they're using on the movie posters and you'll start to get a better sense of like graphic design because that's what it comes down to. You start to learn more and more about the medium the more you do it. Agreed. The more thumbnails you look at. The, it's Because it is a much more artistic uh, skill set than I'm sure a lot of people are used to, to doing. Mm-hmm. Which is why we see so much variation from creator to creator, depending on what type of, of content they do. Whether it's the Let's Players and the cartoon avatars, the the mean use of the world with a review show and a, a photo of ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. Tech channels that thumbnail mainly features the product, you know, or, or, or focuses on the subject itself. Uh, games, phones, stuff like that. Um Ones that show a bit more gameplay, but with a little bit of, like, visual pizzazz. And music video thumbnails. Again, really interesting stuff where it's more of just, like, we took this photograph on set, and it looks really, really good, so we're using it as a thumbnail, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as simple as that could even work, if you know what you're doing, right? Like, if you are Definitely. a great photographer, and you're filming your video, and you're like, hold on a minute, while I'm on set, while I have all this equipment out, why not go ahead and take a photo? So I can save it for the thumbnail later. That's a great idea. And that can work, especially if you already have that skill set. You probably know what makes a good thumbnail if you know how to take a good photo. Go that way if you need to. 
Um, Absolutely. There's so much variation in all of these. And like some are obviously better than others, but for the most part, they're all unique and different and in a good way. The the key here is to use your strengths, um, especially with like the photography aspect. One of the things I want to start doing is actually taking pictures for the thumbnails. And it's, I have to have a better, I have to have a better camera. Or actually, I could use my phone camera and be fine, but I have to like have a better set to do that for, mm-hmm. um, because I still have to like cut out the image for the, the, the thumbnails the way that I do them. But taking pictures of yourself instead of just getting a screenshot out of the video is going to make your thumbnails a lot better. Sure. Oftentimes I find that when I take screenshots out of the video to cut and put on the thumbnail, um, sometimes if I'm not, if I don't get the right frame, it can be blurry. Yeah. And so you got to be really careful about that kind of stuff. You can't get an in-between frame. It has to be you like solid still, you know, not a right. ton of crazy movement or like, like you were striking a pose and staying still basically. Uh, do that if you need to, you know, whatever. Exactly. As long as you think about it going ahead. Um, one thing that I definitely want to talk about in this video sometime is text because I see so many people um, do it well and I see a lot of people do it poorly. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just go straight into the, the text stuff right. because there's, there's a lot that I could talk about this actually. So for starters, if you don't use text and the thumbnail is clean enough and simple enough to understand without it, I'm cool with you, right? Mm-hmm. Got no problem with those people whatsoever. In fact, a lot of thumbnails are like that. If you have, let's say... Uh, the game logo or like one or two main words that like brands your show and that's it again totally fine with you as well if you got <laughs> oh <boy>. five <laughs> or more different text options counting the number counting the the name of the channel the game you're playing like <laughs> what it's about like all this other unnecessary shit and it's tiny I hate you that's where I start having problems <laughs> Because some people yeah. take text and just go absolutely insane and out of their mind when they don't need to. <laughs> there's a there's a good guideline when it comes to text. And it's, number one, don't have a lot of it. Yeah. If you can get away with none, then that's good. If you need text, don't use a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Number two, don't use more than two fonts. Agreed. Three at the most but try to keep it at two. And when you use these fonts, like make sure they work well together. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's like, like people are like, bruh, I don't even know what the fuck, like how am I supposed to know how different fonts go together? There's, there's a lot of stuff online. You can literally look up online, like fonts that go well together. And there are like PDFs and articles and all that kind of stuff that will help you. Like, learn all of that. That's very important. For me, like, straight up, <laughs> not even going to lie, before the channel even began, I had somebody, like, make a little thumbnail or whatever for me, or a banner, I think. And I didn't like the banner because it was blurry as shit, but uh, mm-hmm. he did have a really good font in there. And so I asked him, hey, what font is that? And he's like, mullet. And I'm like, oh, okay. And just ever since then, have used that font for everything, Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything. <laughs> and uh, there's a couple of reasons why I like it. And this is sort of what I call the YouTube font, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's big. It's bold. So it stands out. 
It works great with drop shadow. And if I want it big or small, it still looks good. So be sure, whichever font you're going with, that it follows some of those rules. Is it easy to scale? Can you make it big? Can you make it small? Is it easily readable? Figure that out. Is it bold? Does it stand out? Check that out. You typically don't want like a cursive font or like a tiny font or like a 8-bit gamer font (laughs) or whatever. And I'm fine with like people using like one or two different fonts to like work together to create something interesting and fun. Uh, Mm. But for me, it was very simple. Bullet and then using the colors in the rest of the thumbnail to tell the story or game logos with different fonts to tell the story. I don't need like 30 different fonts. And so Mullet uh, has been very good to me. And I recommend everybody at least, uh, just for branding purposes, to find that one font that, that speaks to them and that they use for for everything. I know you don't exactly... Oh yeah, you do. For your everyday nerd. It's the same font every time at the bottom. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Um, use the same fonts. Literally use the same fonts for every thumbnail on your channel. Yeah. Especially if they're a part of a series. Yep. Um, if you have multiple series, then you can use different fonts for each series. That's fine. But if it's the exact same series, like, do not change the fonts because it just, it just looks bad. It looks incoherent. It looks like it's a, it just looks a mess. I agree. Um, for, for my thumbnails for Your Everyday Nerd, I started out with um every single episode has the hashtag like theme of the day so like monday nostalgia trendy tuesday backlog wednesday etc etc um so i can't i keep those on every single thumbnail so that people know like what theme this video is going to be about but then like early on i did have some like bigger text that i kind of put over the thumbnail to like try to entice people to, to watch it and I got rid of doing that because I just, I did want to clutter the thumbnails. Yeah. And it just felt like for every single episode, I didn't have some kind of catchy little tagline that I could put on there. So I figured, why use them at all? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> um, there are a couple of videos since then that I've put a little bit of text on, like the best and worst new anime of fall 2018. I put 34 new anime on there just so people could understand how many anime was going to be in the video. Um, anything that has like a logo, like that's technically text. So that goes in there. Um, but that's about it. Uh, usually I like to let the pictures and whatever emotion I've got on my face kind of sell it. A little bit. Sell it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the other things to keep in mind about text is that colors matter. Color is huge. Um, I was going to get into that next, people... so I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I, I've seen the classic, like, no-no is red text on a black background. Never. Never do uh, that. It, it, you just can't read it. Yeah. And if you if you can't read it, then nobody else will be able to read it. So keep that in mind. Um, even if you think it looks, like, cool and awesome, like, it, it's about accessibility. Again, like, yeah, technically thumbnails are art and you need to keep and you need to like make them with artistic purpose, but you can't get too artistic with it because then people won't know what the hell it is. I hate yellow text on white backgrounds, especially. Oh yeah, that's awful. That shit's awful. And, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that gets into 
to color in general. Um, colors, colors, a big selling point, right? Especially in something visual, having the right color choice in there uh, can go a long way from helping your thumbnails stand out and make them interesting. It also is a way to establish a bit of a brand and consistency if you use the same color over and over and over again. Absolutely. So for your everyday nerd and back to the video games, blue border, right? Zax is regular blue. I have like an ocean thing going on or whatever. Uh, blue, basically. There's a little bit of blue in every thumbnail, um, no matter how you right. go about it. And if we want to get specific with like, um, all of Zax Mega Man's typically have a lot of blue in there. Dragon Ball has this very orange color that sticks out really well. The PewDiePie mm-hmm. review uses his like, you know, color aesthetic and choice. Uh, the 34 new anime All the one. Flash have the same Flash background. Flash, like NES Online, has that nice red to it. Deltarune has these crazy sort of neon colors because that's sort of how that game looks. Uh, but taking advantage of color choice and, and using it not only to make yourself stand out, but also be consistent is a really cool thing you can do. And, and it can be hard sometimes. Um, a problem I run into is having thumbnails that look too similar to each other. Uh, at least in the color department, to where not yeah. enough is, is different and uh, you don't get a lot of variation. Uh, looking on Zach's channel right now, the Incredibles Red and the Flash Red are put right back-to-back in each other, so it almost looks like those two videos are one video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Incredibles thumbnail is awful, by the way. I need to fix that. <laughs> you know. I didn't mean to go back and do a new one, but it's awful. Some of my thumbnails. Glad you pointed out. I, I, I keep changing them, like, every <laughs> week. Uh I'm not good at Which that. Which isn't a bad thing. I don't think so either. Quick aside, we talked about it before, but there's a channel named Jarvis. Um, Jarvis Johnson. He does he does different videos than he started off doing. But he found that when he had a trending video and he went and changed the title and thumbnail to a past video, that that video ended up going trending as well. Mm-hmm. So like changing thumbnails, like plus, if you think you can make it better, go for it. Right. And sometimes I, I just get new enough. ideas. I get creative inspiration and I'm like, mm-hmm. this thumbnail sucks. I know how to do it better now. Where in the moment I don't because I'm doing it literally after the video's done and it's gotta be uploaded and so I'm sloppily putting shit together. But the day after I'm like, yo, maybe I could do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I've gone back and changed some old thumbnails too, just to make them look better, at least mm-hmm. the productions videos. It's a great idea. You made a you made an interesting point there. You said how like you like slap the thumbnails together. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I find is that if I don't do thumbnails ahead of time, then I will slap them together and they won't look good. Mm-hmm. And like, that is the result of a couple of thumbnails on my channel. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, making the thumbnails ahead of time. I usually make, I try to make the thumbnails before I finish the videos now. Wow. Um, because I want to make sure I spend enough time like, making it look good. Um, sometimes I wait until the video is rendering. Rendering is a really good place to like do thumbnails. That's what I do. But I, I've, I've gotten into the habit that when I'm recording a Your Everyday Nerd episode, there's a little segment at the beginning where I'm doing some kind of stupid pose so that I can get that for the thumbnail. I go ahead and in the rough edit, I usually clip that, put that in a Photoshop file, and I try to go ahead and get at least the general idea of the thumbnail done. I think that's a good so that I can, it, it just makes everything run more like smoother, and I think that the thumbnails end up better because of it. 
uh, back when Blue Catch Productions was a variety channel, one of the key ways that I tried to uh, niche down and give it that consistent theme was every video mm. uh, had that border and it had the Hawaiian like design on it and Let's Plays all had the number and the square and all that sort of stuff. But what right. would distinguish series and stuff is obviously like the game and the background and the logo and all that sort of thing. Uh, but the color, so streams being green, blue catch plays being orange, channel update being purple, regular stuff being blue. And a lot of those color choices were conscious decisions. Uh, Blue Couch Plays is straight up orange because Game Grumps is orange. That was my <laughs> thought behind that. Right. Um, Blue Couch Streams is green because when I think of live, I think of like you know a green light or uh, um, like when it when YouTube dashboard the live dashboard says your channel is live and good. There's like a green color associated to that. Uh, Midnight Vlogs is this nice. light blue. Because, like, midnight, right? That's sort of the vibe mm-hmm. you want to get across. And then at ship poster pink because I ran out of colors. <laughs> and I wanted them <laughs> to be pink. So, not all of them are smart like that, but almost every one of these series in the development of the thumbnails, the color choice was very specific and a conscious effort. And I, for all you guys that are, like, doing variety channels or, or, or niche channels, even, and doing series thinking in mind like is this the best color for the job right is this color going to appeal to the most people and uh, most people think about it but it's more of a subconscious thing Um, if you're not Mm -hmm. aware of that already maybe start to be a little bit more and realize that when it comes to YouTube and like pop culture a lot of colors kind of end up repeating for similar trends and themes and knowing which ones to pick uh, can can save you in the long run I've noticed that a lot when making the thumbnails and these like backdrops that I use inside the everyday nerd videos. Like there are there's so much fucking red. Yeah. And I can't get away from it. Like it, it's the flash stuff, the uh the Incredibles, the Nintendo Entertainment System stuff, like Wreck-It Ralph, Titans, like everything is red. Yeah. And I I can't get away from it because that's what defines like that's the color of that show Deadpool and cells at work like most of these I've had like red backgrounds red's a color that stands out it it shows like power right and so superheroes Deadpool and Flash Incredibles of course is gonna be red like that's the color associated with superheroes Superman's red for a reason everybody (laughs) I'm just saying right yeah uh there's a reason darker colors are associated with edgy stuff and why Batman has darker colors. It's why uh, kid shows typically have a mix of all that sort of stuff. Um, more family-friendly things are typically blue. You know, like, thinking ahead of some of that sh- shit will, will really kind of uh, improve thumbnails. Definitely. 100%. I agree. Um, the only thing I can think left to talk about is we mentioned that both me and you have now started doing like live action inserts into thumbnails. Mm-hmm. And that, that was kind of a learning process for me. It was kind of tricky to figure out like, okay, so how do I, how do I do this? Like what, what's your process and rule of thumb for getting like you in the thumbnail? <laughs> well, I I've been doing, I've been doing the same thing for clients for the last like seven months now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had like practice doing that, but basically I go through the video 
and I try to find a screenshot that looks good enough to put on a thumbnail. Sometimes it works. Like I said, more recently, I've been like making poses to make it work. The last like five episodes of the show has been like that. But then like other times, I just find something that like works enough and like put it on there. And that's when you just get, like, these derpy faces of mine that I really should go back and, like, fix. I know, I love them. Um, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> some, um, some of my favorites. The room one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So dumb. A good bit. Uh, yeah. What was some of the other ones? Shit, the PewDiePie one, that face on that one's like a, eh? Are you gonna? Oh, yeah, that it? was a... Yeah, that, that one was posed. I like that like, one. Like, I had that one planned. <laughs> and then the Deadpool, like... <laughs> shocked face it's really dumb <laughs> but I like yeah. it as well yeah uh, but like the cells at work my second one like that just looks bad it's not a good picture of me it doesn't make any sense I just like pulled something from the thing cause I was like let me get this done mm-hmm. um but but yeah I, I try to like go through the thing the video find a good screenshot um then I have to put it in photoshop and you know clip it out ideally you make poses beforehand. Um, if you got somebody that can take a picture of you, like that's really the the way to do it. I know that uh, entrepreneur and YouTube guru Roberto Blake, he uses uh, he has like fucking photo shoots. Yeah, and he gets like like headshots, and he's got like a couple hundred of these things that he can just like pick speak. and choose. Plaster on the thumbnails, yeah. That's really cool. And and so, like, a lot of them, he'll be, like, in the same shirt, but they're different emotions, and they work. Yeah. And so, eventually, I want to try to do something like that, but... We're a long way It's out. not really needed <laughs> right now. Yeah. From what I found, because I've had to take the photos um, after the video, because my head's chopped off in the video for at least the first two episodes, I've had to take photos. Um, and typically, what I'll do is I'll get, like, a tripod... And my phone or my camera, set it up, make sure the lighting is okay enough. Like, I don't want any part of me, like, looking dark for some reason. Uh, And then after that, it's just a matter of, like, clicking the timer on the phone or the camera, getting in a position, taking the photo, realize, oh, that one's shitty. Try something else. (laughs) And keep doing that until, like, I get the one I got. You'll notice my past two is just, like, me holding up my hands and putting things there. Eventually, it'll get to the point where I'll be able to, like, sneak a dab in there or some more dynamic poses. <laughs> but what I wanted to avoid right. and what I see so often is the shitty, uh, here's me smiling and standing still for every video. Right. The same fucking photo. <laughs> That's it's the hard. stuff I hate. It's hard. <laughs> like, some of mine is just me, like, shitty smiling, and I'm like, I can't. I can't live with this. <laughs> I can't do this. This isn't okay. Right. But, yeah, it's... It's tough. You gotta be dynamic. I mean, it's, it is. And when you're not like used to being that emotive in your natural life, um, it's a little frustrating. Yeah, for sure. But that's something you have to learn as a YouTuber. Like you gotta have to, I don't like the word over exaggerate for this, but like you kind of have to. Yeah. Like, kind of get out there a little bit more. Get out of your comfort zone and do that kind of shit. Or it, you just won't come across, like, enthused with whatever you're talking about. Yeah. You typically want to take a picture of yourself that, like, defines the emotion of the video. So if you're doing mm-hmm. something on something that sucks, you know, frowny face. If you're angry, 
anger, <laughs> right? Something really good, the shocked face, like what, however you want to go about it, basically. Um, yeah. I typically don't like putting logic in mind and just meme it up, but <laughs> some people having consistency <laughs> can can help. So, I have, uh, I think five, <laughs> five fucking thumbnails about bad things, which is like my hand, my head, and my face, or my head in my hands in some form. Like, there's, like, five of them like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's, like, bad shit. I'm like, oh, not again. Yeah. I mean, it really do but be no, like it that. It works. It, it really, it really do. 100%. Uh, I think that's all I had. Oh, um, as far as backgrounds are concerned, kind of a similar rule I have with text. Don't go too crazy with it. Um, if you have a lot mm-hmm. of background elements, typically not a good idea. Um... One way you can get around it is by blurring the background or introducing drop shadow to the elements that are in front of the background. That way there's sort of a little bit right. of distance and it kind of feels like 3D-ish. I really like that effect a lot if you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other way you can do it is just like simple ass backgrounds and call it a day. Yeah, I, I feel like with backgrounds there's two traps you can get into and it, it's really frustrating. I'm still trying to like figure it out. Like, um, it can sometimes either be too simple or too complex. Yeah. And uh, e- either or is can can be bad. You just got to play around with it. Uh, try to have some what's called white space, but not too much white space. It, it really is an art that you kind of have to like get used to and just keep doing and doing and doing and doing. Learning things like shadows and outlines can really help go a long way in distinguishing the front stuff and the backgrounds. So I really. I really think that's a, a smart idea to to include something of, of that effect. And then, like, um, if you want to add, like, post-processing effects, uh, PewDiePie mentioned in his thumbnail one that he typically puts saturation and contrast a little bit higher because those brighter mm-hmm. colors are, are more likely to get clicked on, which is a thing. Um, Definitely. Some people fix, like, beauty flaws or crooked teeth or whatever. If you want to do that. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> But, like, if you're a beauty channel, that might be a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just trying to that is fair. throw shit out there and everything. And then as far as, like, the rest of the stuff, the images you choose and everything, uh, the, the only rule I have for that is just, like, make sure it makes sense and make sure the images are transparent. And the easy way you do that is you go to Google, uh, you type in whatever, and then uh, I think it's tools. Mm-hmm. images, tools, uh, go to color, and then transparent. And what you get is that checkered background. That's what you're looking for. And so when you put it in there, now there won't be some stupid white background or white border. Um, however, if you find an image you really like that has that white in there and there's no transparent version of it at all, using a magic wand type deal and like um, clicking on that white or whatever and then like deleting it, that works too. Uh, just a little quick thing I found out. You'll learn about all this stuff in tutorials if you don't know. I don't want to get in that nitty gritty but yeah, transparent images um, are the way to go. Definitely. If you can find the transparent image that's great. Usually especially when I'm like clipping out my actual like face and shit for the thumbnails. I have to use the pen tool yeah. a lot. I, I use the pen tool on a daily basis and I, forever and ever I just kind of avoid it I was like I don't want to do this. I'm going to use the magic wand tool and just like it'll look bad but I'll, I don't want to do this. I usually, I, I've ended up like getting used to the pen tool to where I can just like clip out any image in like 
a few seconds or under a minute at least, you know, like. Yeah. I do it with free select. It's beneficial. The, uh, where you, like, select at any point and then you, right. like, make an outline around yourself uh, and go from there, like, delete stuff. Yeah. But if it's a green screen, Magic One's just a lot easier. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> learn software tutorials, learn about your program, find out new stuff, and if you find, like, a weird effect, try to learn from that. See what you can pick up along the way. Um, it can all be helpful. Definitely. And again, remember, like me and Zach said, very much an art not a science. What works for you does not work for us. And uh, establishing your own brand and theme can go a very long way into helping distinguish each other. Even though me and Zach are doing like an everyday show type stuff, uh, you can tell based on the theming of both of these shows that, that they are different. Sure, there's the blue border, mm-hmm. but I have the wood background, I have the back to the video games logo, I have the outline around myself and like a couple of images. Zach, not as much. He has the text at the bottom uh, the little box, the little blue thing, a picture of himself, the background, and like all sorts of other things. His are his are a bit more uh, intricate than mine, <laughs> I'll say. Um, but I do want to at some point kind of change the wood background, but early on, I'm just sticking to what comes easy for me at the moment. But I'm learning too. I'm growing sure. along the way. I fixed past thumbnails. I'm making new ones, and uh, I've had a blast with it so far. And I can't wait to continue learning it. But uh, you got anything else? Let's say on the thumbnail game. I don't have anything specific um, as far as things that we missed out. But I do want to say, I don't know, we'll do a little segue into a sponsor segment today. Um, A lot of people just don't want to learn how to make good thumbnails. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that you can do is you can get like a pack of templates to make thumbnails. And uh, my, my boy Roberto has the YouTube starter kit. Have you heard of this before? I have, yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it's great. It's it's like oh, it's like hundreds of different templates for thumbnails, channel artwork, end cards. There's lower thirds. There's like a 100 plus like font list. Like there's all kinds of good stuff. You can use it for Photoshop. You can also use it on GIMP. Like it, it's it's great. It is $99, which is a little steep for most people. However, like, if you're starting YouTube, a lot of people end up spending more than $99 on their microphone, their webcam, <laughs> their computer, et cetera, Ain't et cetera. That's the truth. Uh, so if you're going to spend, like, a lot of money on a bunch of equipment, then you might as well spend a little bit extra money on, like, making your thumbnails look good because... That's arguably you ain't going to watch them. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Most definitely is. Um, so, yeah, it's $99 for the YouTube starter kit. Um, it, it also, like... Roberto is constantly updating it. So there's like new stuff that comes and that's completely free after you've paid the price. Yep. So I think it's worth checking out if you don't want to learn and use the like tutorials and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know a lot of people that's found a lot of success with it. That's a great way to start too of like, oh, these are some fonts I can use. Oh, this is how like good thumbnails are put together. You can kind of learn a little bit about design and what's good and sort of turn it into your own thing. Right. And that's exactly that's what all these templates and kits are great for. Yes, you can use them 100 percent like strictly and be like, I'm going to use this as a thumbnail. But adding your own creative element and spin as you learn what all these things do. That's where the real magic of stuff like this comes into play. Absolutely. Again, my my best like the best way I've learned both video editing and thumbnail design is just by looking at other people's stuff and 
copying certain elements here and there and making it work for me. Yeah. I mean, heck, uh, YouTube podcasts are all about giving stuff on here. Like, if you want, like, straight up, take some of our thumbnails, find out how you can make them, and use that and go from there. You know? For sure. We're not 100% Absolutely. offended. Like, don't just straight copy-paste and put it on there. Like, obviously <laughs> add your own unique shit. But if you, like, want to use our template and shit, feel free to. They're not unique to us. They're not new to us. Uh, I got inspired by Scott the Waz, and I think you kind of did, too. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's quite a few people that are There's just, creative influences everywhere, yeah. but, like, use our stuff as an example and go from that. Like, we're not going to track you down or whatever and fucking haunt you in the streets. Like, <laughs> if you want to learn, feel free. Use our shit and go from there and, like, add your own stuff to it. Absolutely. You know? I'm not mind that at all. We're all in favor of helping you guys learn and start out. If this makes it easier for you, like, go for it. A hundred percent. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Me neither. I, I think that it was like, like we said earlier, it was going to be a short topic. We're going to get through it quick. Um, and, and I still think there's some valuable stuff there. So I think that works out. Indeedy. But we do have a comment from Calfro. Wow. On episode 32. I was telling Aiden earlier, I was like, we didn't get a comment from Patient this week. The reason is because we're recording earlier than we usually do. Yeah. The way we do these now is... I didn't realize that. We're, we're, we try to be an episode ahead. So... Yeah. Uh, it's currently the 12th, which means that on tomorrow, the 13th, the uh, last episode we recorded goes out. And then this one that we're recording right now won't go up until the 20th <laughs> so it'll be a while yeah, yeah. which means we are unfortunately so, a little bit kind of fucked when it comes to comments but as they come in we'll keep reading them no matter how old the upload is <laughs> absolutely so feel free to keep commenting so exactly like comment let us know what you're thinking any questions you have any topics you have um definitely helps us a lot and if you have like I said questions we can help you as well yep uh do you want me to read the, the comment go right ahead Calfro says, yo, you slugs are back at it, I see. I've been falling behind a bit myself. Two kids, full-time job, girlfriends, girlfriend, friends, blah, blah, blah. Only one girlfriend. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just finished recording my next video. Soon I'll be back in the rat race with you guys. Can't believe I let three months get away from me. (laughs) Telling me. Anyway, thanks for still pumping out videos on both your personal channels. Seeing you both continue keeps me inspired to keep working. Let's kick this year's ass. Hey, man, what a wholesome comment. I think that's just a... Exactly, I agree. What a nice comment. Thanks for the comment. <laughs> As usual, I'm glad to see that you've got a new video coming out. I really like Calfro's con- content. Me too. So I'm excited for that new content. You know how uh, easy it is yeah. to not do anything for three months? You know how much it would be awesome <laughs> for me to just like quit for three months? <laughs> Bruh. And focus on other things? That'd be great. <laughs> Bruh. Yeah, I'm just, imagine, I'm just imagining not doing anything YouTube-related for the next three months. Um, I would be homeless. True. But uh, I could visit the library more often. There you go. You could read. <laughs> yeah. They let homeless people in there, so I'd be good. You can beg yeah. for money. <laughs> Living the money, dream. Yeah. Exactly. That's the really, like, that's the real 2019 goal is to not be homeless by the end of it. Hell yeah. Let's be honest with ourselves. But anyways, leave us comments. 
Uh, check out the YouTube starter kit if you're interested. That will help the channel, by the way. That will help the, the network of the stuff that we got going on. If you click on that um, and give us more topics. We, we like we like topics. Thanks again to Patient for uh, giving us this comment Mad on this topic. respect to Patient. And feel free to comment on all the other uh, platforms too because Anchor distributes it to a lot of places. We sure to get around to it eventually. Mm-hmm. But Zach, what if they want to somehow give money to this podcast that doesn't involve oh. buying a thing? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. You can sponsor another YouTube podcast. It's pretty special. I really like it because it means getting money. And let me tell you, money is great. Go to anchor.fn slash another or yeah, slash another dash YouTube dash podcast. Link is in the description on YouTube and you can see it in the show notes and everything else. You got this whole button called support this podcast where you can become is like Patreon except for Anchor. Yeah. Um, you can sponsor for 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Um, very easy to set up. And uh, like I said, I like it because we get money. Hell yeah. And that's a dope thing to get. And um, we'll make sure to shout you out in future episodes if you become a sponsor. Yep. Give a little bit back to you guys for still watching and enjoying the podcast. Absolutely. But I think that's it. Yeah. Again, it's been a short one. A shorty. It's been nice. But again, I felt like we got a lot more like value in a short amount of time though. If that's weird, like I feel like there's some two hour episodes Agreed. we've done that have had less value in here. We got a lot in an hour 30. <laughs> Probably because we talk about memes sometimes. <laughs> no. <laughs> what a shock. I don't know. We, we, we started this one talking about shit. So, like, maybe, maybe we're getting a little bit better, but not. Yeah. Who knows? I feel bad for the people that, like, watch this episode. Like, oh boy, sure hope there's some value get to the shit conversation and then leave and then miss the rest of this great episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be unfortunate. Um, but we can just make fun of those people. Exactly. Because we're in the right, obviously. We're right. You're wrong. <laughs> Give me money. Yeah. <laughs> Give me money. It's just how I end all of my conversations these days. Uh, but anyways, I think we should end it off. Yep. I want to go jack off. Uh, I've been Zach. I've been Aiden. And thank you for listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. I'm going to crank one out. (laughs) Bye. Bye.